Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with more of our 30th anniversary celebration. This week featuring guests from 2005, including Richie Havens, Ray LaMontagne, Sean Colvin, Aaron Neville, Wanda Jackson, and more. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here's our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Hello, everybody. Once again, we are amazed and delighted by the things we're discovering as we comb through the E-Town archives, this time from the year 2005. We chose a variety of styles and different voices, a few brief conversations, and just about as many songs as we could fit in this hour. In our first set of music, we really had to include a great visit with the late legend Richie Havens, who talks about singing doo-wop, tuning his guitar, and the helicopter ride into Woodstock, among other things. Before Richie, we've got a song from Ray LaMontagne, and up first, the only visit from the unlikely combination of solo guitar wizard Leo Kotke and the bassist from Fish, Mike Gordon. This was at a time when Fish was no more, and they were touring with a Bahamian drummer named Neil Simonette. So here is Leo Kotke and Mike Gordon on stage at E-Town from back in 2005. back here as a trio, Mike Gordon, Neil Simonette.
red ring, golden ring around the sun, around your pretty finger. Ring, ring, poison ring with a happy tune. Anybody could be a saint. Sun comes up across the city, and I swear you never looked so young and pretty hand in hand. Stand upon the sand with the preacher man Let the wedding bells ring Hand in hand we'll stand upon the sand With the preacher man Let the wedding bells ring Please welcome to E-Town for his first visit, Ray LaMontagne. In my own 
When you kissed my lips With my mouth so full of questions My world already mine But you quiet Place your hands on my face You closed my eyes and said That love is a poor man's food No prophesy I could hold you in my arms And I could hold forever I could hold you in my Against this meal, the weapons of war, symptoms of madness. Don't let your eyes refuse to see, don't let your ears refuse to hear. You ain't never gonna shake this sense of sadness. Along with Chris Thomas on the bass, Tony McNabo on the drums from Portland, Maine, Gray LaMontagne. Welcome back, if you would, New York City, Richie Havens. You know, most musicians, no matter what their instrument is, if they really, really practice and they really, really work hard, 
and they have a lot of luck on their side, they can achieve a distinctive sound. They can play something and people will say, ah, oh, I know that guy. I know the sound of that saxophone. I know that style of, of piano playing. And you have managed to actually do it twice. Because <laughs> anytime anybody hears you sing, they recognize your voice. And nobody plays guitar like you. It just sounds like you. I have Such a to, great uh, sound. I have to confess. I have to confess, you know, I didn't know how to tune it correctly. So, so how I do I tuned you... it my way. <laughs> <laughs> how do you tune it? Just do an open chord. An open chord. And then when you want to change chords, you use your thumb? For majors. Yeah. For majors. Yes. And if you want to play a minor chord? I drop one string. Wow. So it's a whole other way of doing it. And, and the thing, though, Richie, that it... You're not supposed to be able to do that, by the way, <laughs> folks, out there in Radio Land. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the anomalies and curiosities of musical history. But uh, let, me, let me actually ask you more about your rhythm, because you, you have this distinctive right-hand technique, and it sounds kind of like a horse galloping, or it's just <laughs> got this great thing. Is that just the, the beat that came naturally to you when you started playing? Actually, um, I'm a frustrated drummer. That's really the truth. It comes out in the guitar. You know, when I started, I had to play enough music for me to sing the songs that I really, that changed my life, you know? Yeah. And, and in order to do that, I had to be the whole band, so to speak. Right. You know? And um, it worked out. Uh, <laughs> I, heard that, uh, I heard that you had a gig seven days after you got your first guitar. Well, that's good. Is that a fable? I, you, you, know, you know who Freddie Neal is, yeah. right? Freddie Neal was one of my, uh, big, my mentors from the beginning. I used to sit in the audience and sing along with him. And one day he came to me, he said, Hey, Richie, I've been hearing you for a half a year, man. Take this guitar and go learn how to do it yourself. You know? So that was my inspiration. I had seven songs that changed my life. I went home, I tuned it to a chord. And the rhythm came when it was necessary for yeah. the song. And um, uh, so I went back down to the village uh, two days later, got on the stage. and uh, Two days later? Yeah. yeah. So seven I, was an exaggeration. It was a big exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get off that stage for seven years. Yeah. You know? That same stage. Yeah, yeah. it was great. It was wow. Great. <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier your sort of doo-wop days in Brooklyn and that whole phase. <laughs> Many people were introduced to you through your playing at Woodstock. And since you were here the last time on the show, you, you put out a book, They Can't Hide Us Anymore, mm -hmm. which I understand was inspired by your trip into the festival grounds. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's what I said when I looked through the glass bubble that they were flying me in. A farmer's helicopter from down the road. It was all glass. Like, and I'm looking down and I said, oh, if this picture makes the newspapers tomorrow, they can't hide us anymore. You know, that's how it came so about. So many people. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was incredible. Yeah. It was the beginning of the planet, actually. Yeah. <laughs> really was. Really was. I want to just ask you briefly before we get back to music. You described the fact that you're not in the music business, you're in the, what do you call it, the communications business. Yes. You see, I left show business when I stopped singing doo-wop. Yeah. That was show business. Yeah. 
what happened was that um, I realized everyone on the stage in Greenwich Village were in the communications business. They may not have realized it, but I did. I yeah. did. They were singing to living human beings and changing their lives like they did me. So I knew it was someplace special. I learned a long time ago that the stage doesn't belong to the artist. It belongs to the audience. If they're not sitting there, we're not sitting here. <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah. And, and it's amazing, it's truly amazing. Right now, I just want to get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, to E-Town, Richie Havens. Thank you.
Thank you, Richie Havens and Ray and Leo and Mike. We are going to be back with more highlights from our 2005 season after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. Welcome back. I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to some of the best moments from E-Town's 2005 season 17 years ago. As you know, we hit our 30th anniversary last April in the midst of a global pandemic and a kind of slowdown in performances in many cases. We've been looking at our archives since then, uh, but we're going to shift gears again in the coming weeks and months, so stay tuned. Meanwhile, back in 2005, Aaron Neville, put out a Christmas record just months after Hurricane Katrina devastated his hometown of New Orleans. Here is his version of his first big hit, Tell It Like It Is. But before that, part of my chat with a legendary singer where he tells me about where he grew up. We grew up in the Calio Project, and it was like paradise to us, you know. If we were poor, we didn't know it. So. Yeah. Was there a lot of music outside of your house, all around you? All around. I mean, New Orleans was music from birth to death, you know. Yeah. I mean, you might hear some music pass, and you run out there and see a parade, and they're following somebody in the casket, you know. Right. Br- bringing them out right. Was there a singer in particular that just kind of rang your bell when you were a kid? Was there somebody that you just heard saying, went, I got to figure out how to do that? Well, you know, I was a doo-wopper. Yeah. And I listened to Clyde McFadders and yeah. Pookie Hudson and the Spaniels and Billy Ward and the Dominoes and... Sonny Till and the Oreos, the Flamingos, and I went to the College of Doopology. <laughs> and I was a cowboy. And you're a choir boy. A, a, a cowboy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, tell me what that Hoodly, is. Hoodly, oh, okay. Hoodly. <laughs> I used to do it better than that, though, you know. So, uh, so, so, so Gene Autry is the source of your, uh, your yodeling Autry, thing? Or? Gene Autry, Roy Rogers. Really? Sons of the Pioneers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had a mop stick named Kimo. Kimo Sabi. <laughs> then a few years back, I had a Corvette with the license plate said Kimo. I couldn't get the whole word on it. You know? Right. <laughs> Was it a segregated scene? Was there a white scene and a black scene in New Orleans at the time? They had white only water fountains and bathrooms, and, and on the bus they had the screen. You'd sit behind the screen. It didn't mean nothing to me. I didn't really, I just figured that's how I was supposed to be, so, you know. Right. But I what did. about in the music world? Was there, were the gigs segregated too, or it was not? Segregated too. But uh, a lot of white guys wanted to play with some of the black dudes, like Dr. John. Right. He would come to the Dewdrop. And the police would come and take him to jail. He said, well, you're going to have to take me back next week because Ray Charles going to be here, and I'm a damn sure being here. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, that's another powerful figure from that whole time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the first time you ever heard your voice on the radio? Yep, uh, it was the first song I did it was called Over You. It was 1960. 1960. And do you remember where you were? Were you in a car? Were you at home? Or? Oh, I wasn't in a car. I might have been in a car because you used to steal cars back then. <laughs> I mean, not like they do today. We just hot wire them and take them for a jar ride and bring them back. You know? Right. So that's called borrowing cars. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think it was in a house, you know. In a house, and yeah. The, and the family was around, and oh, I just felt good listening to it with somebody else hearing it at the same time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been a big thing. It was. And... Uh, and your path really kind of took off. Uh, you, had a, you had a number one hit record. And, uh, you know, Tell It Like It Is was just a huge, huge song. Yeah. yeah. 1966, matter of fact. 66, uh, yeah. Next year it'd be 40 years. And I'm not but 48. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, January, I'll be 65. Yeah. Wow. Well, you look good, Aaron. You're looking good. Thank you. Will you still need me? <laughs> think <laughs> when about I'm that. 65. <laughs> but uh, I think people also sometimes imagine that having a hit record means you're on easy street for the rest of the time. <laughs> and the reality is, you know, you had some bad luck. The song went to number one, and then the record company went out of business, and things were not just easy street. Well, some people might call it bad luck, but I call it act of God, because if I would have got more than $10,000 back there, I might not be here now. Yeah. So, you know, no regrets. Right, yeah. What was your personal experience with the Hurricane Katrina? What happened? Did, did you have a house that got affected by that? And I had my house and three of my kids' houses. So what happened to your house? It got uh, flooded. So it's destroyed? I, it's destroyed, yeah. Are you now um, the world's most famous homeless person? or what's, <laughs> what's... <laughs> I mean, it felt like that for a while. You know? I said, yeah. wow, man, my whole, not just my house, but my whole town is gone. Right. You know, the lost city. But then I started thinking about the people that was worse off than I was. You know, like, at least I had insurance. A lot of people didn't own nothing. They were renting. They were poor people, you know. Right. A lot of them didn't have a way to get out of town. They got caught. Mm -hmm. So um, now, obviously, you've got a new record. You're traveling. You're touring all the time. You're playing with the Neville Brothers. You're out with your own quintet. But raising money and raising awareness for the plight of those who were less fortunate in New Orleans, is that something you're going to do for a long time? Oh, yeah. My Christmas CD... We, me and my record company, we're giving 60 cent of each CD sold to the Red Cross. To the Red Cross, yeah. Raise money for it. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you stop by. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I wish you a lot of luck, both with your projects and your touring, but also raising funds and particularly raising awareness, because I think there is a real danger that uh, people will forget. People will move on. There'll be some other things that will capture their eyes in the newspaper or whatever, and uh, we will forget that New Orleans is going to need our help and our attention and our thoughts and prayers for a long, long time to come. Well, the Marcellus family and the Neville family, we've been talking about getting together and doing something at least every, once every few months yeah. to keep the memory alive. Right. Well, I appreciate the fact that you get to keep us going, and right. let's get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, Mr. Aaron Neville, along with his quintet featuring his brother Charles Neville.
go and find yourself a talk. Baby, my time is too expensive. And I'm not a little poor. No, no. Oh, 
there's nothing I can do about it. I love you. The Aaron Neville Quintet, along with Charles Neville on the sax. Mr. Earl Smith on the drums, David Johnson on the bass, Michael Goods on the keyboards, Eric Struthers on guitar, Aaron Neville Quintet. Wow, what a distinctive voice, Aaron Neville. Thank you so much. Uh, up next, we've got two celebrated songwriters, Sean Colvin and Greg Brown. Greg plays a song here, um, a love song on the banjo. And up first, Sean does a beautiful cover of a soulful Beatles tune that I hadn't heard her sing before this. So live on stage from back in 2005, here's Sean Colvin. Um, on this compilation that's just come out, I did put one previously unrecorded song on it that I'm going to play for you now. Leave. 
Sean Colvin from Austin, Texas, one of the great American singers. Sean Colvin. Please welcome back to E-Town, Mr. Greg Brown. It must be tough to write a political song somehow. You know? Maybe not as tough as it used to be anymore. Yeah, I'm afraid that's too. Yeah. I, I never used to, li I mean, I, I've, I've written a few and they were, they were awful. And I'm sorry later that I did, but uh, with what's going on, I mean, you just, you got to squawk. <laughs> has to be done. You know, since you were here last, there was a presidential election. Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and around that, whenever that happens, your home state of Iowa takes on this kind of disproportionate importance somehow in the world. Suddenly, I mean, to us, to you, it's always that way, but to us, suddenly Iowa is this big deal. Is it a kind of thing that sucks you in when you're around? You know, I, uh, Nick, I live down in Van Buren County, which is right down by the border. And I, I heard from a lot of my friends, you know, they couldn't uh, get out of the car without somebody pulling them or da 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 Back where I live, there's about two, three cars go by a day. <laughs> some of them are red, some of them are blue, but none of them stopped. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 the whole thing just kind of went right by. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, and you have more music in your family now. You've been re... Married and uh, mm -hmm. married to one of our favorite singers and songwriters around here, Iris Dement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's the greatest. Yeah. There's another kind of family that you get to be a part of, which is also this family of uh, touring musicians and the promoters that have little places to stop along the way and uh, create this community that is mm -hmm. around this yeah. kind of art form that you take a part in. Yeah, you know, that's been one of the sweet things about being in uh, folk music, which, let's face it, can be a little dull uh, from time to time. But the upside of it is, is uh, that there is a wonderful community. And I, I, I think that's what my job has been the years that I've been out playing, uh, as much as it's been anything, is getting a, a, a group of cool and uh, interesting and different people together. And then they all get to know each other, and then stuff starts happening, you know, and that's... That's one thing I think music of all kinds does yeah. all around the world. It gets people together, they get to know each other, and then all kinds of things come out of that. So, uh, Do you get postcards from people saying, hey, we met at a show of yours, or we uh, fell in love or had a fight or whatever, thanks to you? Oh, yeah, 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 I get those kind of cards. Things were looking pretty good, then we came to your show. <laughs> that sort of thing, yeah, I get uh, some of those things. <laughs> 
Well, we're uh, going to get back to music with the man who makes it all look kind of easy. Welcome back, Mr. Greg Brown. Well, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to try and play something on the banjo. Thank you. <laughs> I think Alan's going to sing along with this one. There's a real tall girl as smart as hell. Ones who ring out like a bell And they know they do Ain't no one like you Honey, there ain't no one like you There's girls who dance and paint and sing And they know all about that spiritual thing They'd be glad to show you too But there ain't no one like you There ain't no one like you When you ain't here my world's great Today's just like yesterday Tomorrow's the same thing too Cause there ain't no one like you, and there ain't no one like you. No one else smells like sweet alone. No one has called me to home. Or can love me like you do. Oh, there ain't no one like you, and there ain't Tip my hat and I'll buy low And on down to the old church we go I can't wait to say I do Cause there ain't no one like you Honey, there ain't no one like you Oh, there ain't no one like you Honey, there ain't no one like you There ain't no one like you Thanks to Greg Brown and Sean Colvin, we've got some powerful female voices coming up after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WUTK in Knoxville, Tennessee, on KUWJ in Jackson, Wyoming, and on WXCS in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you'd like some more information about any of the things that E-Town is up to, lots of stuff can be found on our website at etown.org. Welcome back. There was a wonderful and spirited group of women singers who called themselves Sweet Honey in the Rock. And for them, it seems like all songs were telling a story about how things could and should be better, especially for black Americans. Their leader was Dr. Bernice Regan. And her daughter, who grew up in the midst of all of that music and all that civil rights-inspired time, is our next guest. Here comes Toshi Regan, live on stage at E-Town, from back in 2005. town people so beautiful to be here thank you so much this is the title track of my uh, new record called have you heard which but uh, I I asked uh, Helen and Chris and the guys in the band to help me out with this song have you heard Did you see it in the sky, that blinding light? Did you see it in the sky, that blinding light? Did you see it in the sky, that blinding light? Did you see it in the sky, that blinding light? Did you see it in the sky, that blinding light? Did you see it in the sky, that blinding light? Did you see
That's Toshi Regan, along with E-Tones, Christian Teal, Chris Engelman, Ron Jolly, Helen Forster singing harmony, Toshi Regan. Thanks, Toshi Regan. We have a little time left this week. Up next, a pioneer in rock and roll, the first lady of rockabilly, a woman who had her own radio show as a teen in Oklahoma. She went on tour as soon as she graduated from high school back in 1955. I'm talking about Wanda Jackson. She's going to sing one of her big hits with the E-Town House Band backing her up. I got to play some electric guitar. But first, Wanda Jackson on the E-Town stage back in 2005 tells me about how she met Elvis. I graduated from high school in 55, and the first tour I did was with this guy named Elvis Presley, and I I didn't know the name. Uh, They weren't playing his records in Oklahoma City. The first night, I had already been on, and I'd gone back to my dressing room, and I guess my dad was there, and all of a sudden we heard this screaming and hollering, and Daddy said, my God, it must be on fire. Let's get out of here. (laughs) And so we ran out of the room, and everybody backstage seemed calm, and we could still hear this noise, so we had to go check it out, and it was all these girls screaming, wanting to get on stage with Elvis. After I watched him a few times, I kind of wanted to, too, you know. (laughs) But really, um, yeah, we dated. We liked each other, and um, he asked me to be his girl at one point. I wore his ring around my neck for about a year. But he is the one that encouraged me to do this new type of music. We didn't even have a name for it, see, at that point. It was just, you need to be doing stuff like I'm doing, he said. Took me to his home, played records and played the guitar and um, just really encouraged me. Do you remember any of the records he played? I mean, was it stuff that was... uh... You know, when you're in Elvis Presley's bedroom and... And he's playing guitar and singing to you. You you don't remember a whole lot of... (laughs) I embarrassed myself. (laughs) You were singing some really wild stuff for a woman to sing those kinds of lyrics in the 50s. It was a brave thing you did. I mean, to be a young woman getting up there and just rocking out and uh, making sure that your voice was heard. You know, when you're young, you're fearless. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to sing, and I'd promised Elvis I would. <laughs> and so I had to do it. Yeah. That's all I remember. Well, we're so glad you did, and we'd like to get back to music. I just want to once again thank you for coming by and, uh, and just appreciate uh, the fact that you're still doing it and you still got it. And oh, you, God. Thank yeah, you. I'm telling you, you know, it sounds great, Wanda. Let's welcome back to Eden if you would. Just so happy to have you. Wanda Jackson. Oh, goodness. Thank you. Y'all are so good. My goodness, you'd spoil a body. But you've been very gracious to me and this wonderful band. Thank you, guys. Appreciate them so much, the E Tones. And Nick also. <laughs> people like to rock, the people like to roll. The Lenny and a good they go to set us on my soul. Let's have a party. Woo! Let's have a party. 
Thank you, Wanda Jackson. We are just about out of time. Thanks to all of our guests this week. Thanks to our production crew, too. Todd Ayers, Zach Littlefield. Special thanks to Helen Forster. We're going to leave you with some music from an excellent guitarist who visited E-Town back in 2005, Khaki King. I'm Nick Forster. I hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. This is a production of E-Town. Okay, there you have it, 2005. Some amazing performances, thanks to all of our guests. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.